responding to the great resignation with a great side hustle with Nick Loper from Side Hustle Nation on episode number 173 of the Beyond Adversity podcast with Dr. Brad Miller. The third way, and maybe the fastest way in a lot of cases, but also fraught maybe with the most risk, is this entrepreneurial path. Like, okay, can I build a business? Can I build my own income streams to cover my expenses? And under that umbrella, there's three main models. Hi, this is Joe Sanok, the author of Thursday is the New Friday, where I help you work fewer hours, make more money, and spend time doing what you want. Dr. Brad Miller is here with you on the Beyond Adversity podcast, helping you to crush adversity and achieve peace, prosperity, and purpose. Welcome to the Beyond Adversity podcast with Dr. Brad Miller, the show dedicated to helping you crush adversity and succeed in life. Brad believes you deserve a life that is fulfilling and impactful, and this show is designed to help you navigate beyond adversity and achieve your life of peace, prosperity, and purpose. Now, here's Dr. Brad. Hello, good people, and welcome again to the Beyond Adversity podcast with Dr. Brad Miller. This is the podcast where we help you to grow through what you go through. You can always go to drbradmiller.com and find over 170 episodes of the podcast that help you to deal with any adversity in your life, depression, divorce, disease, death, and debt. We have a free gift for you there. Debt finances is an area that is a cause of great distress in many people's lives. And in the last uh, year and a half or so, we have had a great upheaval in the worldwide economy, in many cases caused by the COVID crisis. But there have been other factors as well, politically, economically, that have caused many people to rethink their careers. And in some cases, they have lost their jobs. And in other cases, their jobs have been downsized. And in other cases, people have simply rethought what their values are. A rethinking of your values in relationship to your work and your and your income is what many people these days are calling the great resignation, where people are leaving their careers and their jobs and looking for some other way to adhere to the values of family or faith or uh, uh, the projects that they've always wanted to do, writing a book or traveling, things like this. But when you have the great resignation, if you want to leave what you've been doing, the corporate gig or whatever it is, you have the reality of paying the bills, of dealing with the mortgage and the car payment and how to live. Our guest today is going to speak to us in this area of having a side hustle in a way that has as a backup plan for your life in order to achieve what you really want out of a life. His name is Nick Loper, and he is from Side Hustle Nation and the Side Hustle Show podcast. And he's going to speak into our lives here uh, today in some really fascinating ways about how you can speak to the adversity of money in your life or the opportunity of money in your life. Because many people see this as a great uh, stumbling block, you know, the debt and the things they have to deal with in their life. You're going you're gonna to learn a few things here today, friends. You're going to learn from Nick uh, here uh, t- today the three ways to build freedom income. And I'll give you a hint. One of the ways is a lot 
faster than the other two. You're going to learn the importance of accountability and framework in becoming financially free and the importance of a backup plan. You're going to feel something as well. You're going to feel some of the pain that Nick went through and his wife when they had a sudden reversal of plans and their life and business, and they had to scramble a bit in order to make things happen. And so Nick ended up leaving his corporate gig that he had and in order to start his own business in such a way that it taught him a lot of lessons, which he teaches us now. But you're going to hear his story and the story of other people who've been had desperation in their lives. And also the situation about the great resignation, which is in many ways an emotional uh, transition for many people. But also I want you to hear this. You're going to feel the hope that you can have when you have a pathway moving forward. When you come back to me after our conversation, I'm going to share with you what some of the things we've learned from Nick that you can do about this. These are important points that I really want you to come back to me about. You can always go to drbradmiller.com and find some great information about how to deal with adversity in your life. We love it when you follow us and when you subscribe to the podcast and help and tell others if you like what you hear. But right now, we are pleased to have with us on Beyond Adversity, Nick Loper from SideHustleNation.com. Let's get into that conversation right now. So we welcome to Beyond Adversity, Nick Loper. Hey, thanks for having me. Appreciate you being here, Nick. You, I've been following you on your uh, on your podcast and in uh, some of your on your, your website, sidehustlenation.com for some time, and find your work to be fascinating and also in, informative to some of the things I've been working on. Because what we would like to work on here is helping people to navigate, uh, you know, some things where they get stuck in life and get through them, and to uh, to navigate them. Finances certainly being one of them. But I'm really interested, Nick. Uh, as we get into this, kind of a little bit about your story, how you came into this world of the side hustle nation, and particularly any challenges or adversities or some of the perhaps pain points that kind of led you to this. Tell us a little bit about your story. Yeah, that's, it's an interesting one to reflect back on because it kind of was a low point doing some soul searching and like, well, you know, what do you want to be known for? Uh, what do you want to do? You know, what do you never get tired about talking about that kind of led me to creating the the blog and podcast at Side Hustle Nation. Um, it was during a time when I was running my original side hustle, which was a comparison shopping site for footwear, which operated on an affiliate model. Like, you know, we'll bring in the catalogs from Zappos and Amazon and all these other stores and tell you where you can find the best price on your next pair of shoes. That was a business that faced the entrepreneurial roller coaster in uh, in a lot of ways in fact it was on my first day of you know self-employment i called it my retirement like okay i'm going to quit corporate and i'm going to become a full-time online shoe salesman this is the day of all the days that google decides you know what uh, we don't need your money anymore you can't advertise with us anymore like well oh, there goes you know 80% of my traffic and and revenue in an instant like Google, I've been doing this for like two or three years. Like you couldn't have said something before today, you know? So you go through the, um, you know, stages. So it was on the very day. And denial. And <laughs> I just want to clarify. It was, it was kind like of on my, the very day or right at the exact same time frame when you, when you launched, when that happened. It was, you know, the site had been running for a long time, the shoe site. Um, I see. And they never had any problem with the ad account prior to then. But, you know, I just turned in the keys to my company car. It's like, all right, I'm going to be a full-time <laughs> entrepreneur. And then 
in an instant, like all of this, you know, revenue that I was banking on kind of dried up. And so that was a very uh, stressful summer trying to get back in their good graces. So what'd you do? What were some of the actions that you took to deal with that? You came out of this kind of this corporate type of thing where you had something relatively set and then you had this situation occur, right? When you're launching your new entrepreneurial deal, what were some of the actions that you took to, to re react to that? Yeah, no, thankfully we had some savings cushion. My wife was still working. So it wasn't like, you know, we were going to be destitute and out on the streets, but it was, it was a really stressful time because they wouldn't tell you what they were looking for. They just said, well, you doesn't, your site doesn't meet our quality guidelines anymore. You know, the sole purpose of your site is to drive traffic to other sites. Like, you know, Google, look in the mirror, like, you know, what's wrong with that? It was just a weird, um, it was a weird time, but what we ended up doing was reinvesting. So it was, that was a difficult thing to do. It was like, well, not only are we not bringing in the revenue that we expected, we're now having to make additional investments in development to, you know, redo some of these pages to hopefully, and it was just a roll of the dice, like to hopefully make them more appealing. And sure enough, three months later, I get an email that says, oh, looks like we made an error. You're good to go. And just like that, it was like, we're back in business. We're back on. But it was uh, definitely a lesson in diversification. Uh, and I, you know, I thought I was reasonably diversified. I only got 20 or 30 different advertisers, different retail partners on the site. Um, if any one of them goes belly up, somebody else would just come in and take their place. But to peel it back one layer, you know, obviously, it's, you know, I, the lion's share of the traffic was driven from uh, from one source, and that was Google Ads. So it was not as diversified as I believed it to be. So I've been on a mission since then to uh, build up some extra income streams and help other people do the same. Yeah, and so and your 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 mission is to help people build their own income streams and to magnify that or amplify their uh, earning power, and that's uh, that's awesome. So that's part of your story then, because lack of diversification that you had, you find you had to diversify, and because of this sudden event that happened, and for a lot of folks now, especially the last couple of years, year and a half or so, with people dealing with incredible changes because of COVID and the economies and all kinds of things happening. People have suddenly had to uh, shift their thinking in many ways, sometimes by choice, but sometimes by beyond their choice. So how's what you learned out of your experience and how's that applying to some of the people that you're working with in terms of helping them to deal with some of this shifting ground that the world economy is on? Yeah, that's what's been kind of troubling over the last year and a half is it has shown how interconnected a lot of things are where it's like, well, I'm, you know, I feel like I'm reasonably sheltered from this, but nobody was left untouched in, in some ways. And we had people, you know, who did what they were supposed to do. Like they built up their side hustle, but you know, by the just strike of luck, it happened to be in the travel industry, or we happened to focus on you know, giving in-person tours and, or, you know, we had a marketing agency, but our primary clients were hotels or we did, um, like my wife's side hustle was wedding photography. And all of a sudden, like everything that was booked was just canceled and like, oh, okay, we're not, I guess we're not doing that this summer. And so it's just, uh, it was really a challenging time to figure out, well, what was, what was immune to this? And some of the online stuff, like a lot of the e-commerce stuff did well. Um, we saw early on in the pandemic, just a huge boom in the delivery gigs. just mm. like the plug and play um, sharing economy, gig economy type of apps like DoorDash, Instacart. I think Instacart onboarded something like a quarter million new drivers right. last spring. And so there was opportunity out there. But if you were laid off from a six-figure salary and now you're just delivering groceries, like that's 
is probably not the equivalent there. Yeah, shock to the system, all kinds of things happen, and and changes is hard. You know, changes changes is hard for everybody, no matter what your situation. But if somebody's been in some sort of an established career, uh, whatever it is, for some time, then uh, things have have shifted uh, for them. You mentioned your wife had this. You know, had some you had some savings built up, and your wife kept kept her job. But let's talk a little bit about how in this world of the side hustle, in this world of developing your own thing, sometimes the, 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 the tendency to think when we talk about going out on our own, we think it's we're out, we're, you know, we're really isolated. Is there any sensitivity about how we can partner with other people or look to connect with like-minded people or get support from like-minded people that can be helpful to us for people who are making this shift in their thinking from whatever their established source of income was to whatever the new thing is? Is there any partnership type of thing going on here? Yeah, I think doing so is almost essential. Like it's hard enough, <laughs> like starting something from scratch is hard enough to do in a vacuum. So you almost need to have some sort of, um, support network accountability system, uh, built in. And, and, you, and you, I hear from a lot of people like, well, my spouse isn't really on board with this. My friends and family, uh, you know, think I'm crazy. And it's like, sadly, the reality that a lot of us face. And so there's mm -hmm. uh, one thing that's been beneficial to me is having a network and, and I was guilty of this for a lot of years, kind of heads down, doing my own thing. Um, not really talking to a lot of people. Like I could go the whole day without speaking. And like, that was pretty normal. Like just kind of heads down, doing my own thing. Um, what's been helpful recently is just having a community, even if it's not necessarily local, but an online community of people who are working on similar challenges, similar problems, similar projects, where you can bounce ideas off of, you can hold each other accountable, whether or not that's a formal mastermind group or peer accountability group doesn't necessarily have to be, but just being, being in the room where people kind of get you. Like I find I get a lot of, you know, positive ideas and energy from that. Um, because I don't necessarily have that, um, you know, in my day-to-day, -day, you know, peer interactions uh, locally. I mean, I'm really grateful for, for my, for my lovely bride, you know, even going back to when we were still dating, I was thinking of starting this like painting business or painting internship, uh, in college. And I'm like, I don't know, is this a, is this a scam? Is this a pyramid scheme? Like what's going on? It's just like, uh, you know, what's the worst thing that happens, which I thought was a good reframe. Like mm -hmm. realistically, this is three months of your life. If it sucks, it sucks, you know, but it's three months. Like what's the worst thing that happens. And so I think, having that reframe has been helpful and just kind of been there every step of the way. Okay. You'll, you'll, you'll figure this out. Everything is figure outable. Uh, you know, we'll get through this and we'll, and we'll do it as a team. Love a couple of phrases used there. Uh, the reframe phraseology and the everything is figure outable is another thing as well, because some folks feel like they are so ingrained or kind of in this track that they've been on. And I know you've built with a lot of people, entrepreneurial type mindset and that type of thing. But, you know, there's other folks who've been on this track in their life, whatever their career path was, whatever their company was, whatever it was for a long time. And they, uh, it's really hard to break out of that. And those are some of those people who reflect to people like you who go, okay, I don't like what you're doing just because I don't want it. You know, I, I, I wasn't able to do that myself in their, their own mind. So it's so important to have those, uh, those life-giving relationships. I take it that maybe you've even created some of that community within your, uh, 
within the talks that you've given and your uh, writing and your podcast and so on? Have you found that to be helpful in terms of connecting up with uh, like-minded people as well? It really has. It's probably been the number one like surprise benefit of hosting the podcast is you know being able to have you know interesting conversations week in and week out, and your network kind of slowly builds as a result of that um, on the guest side, but also on the listener side. So whenever I show up at events, um, which is really helpful for an introvert like me, people come up to me and say, "Oh, I listened to your show," or "I hear you, um, you know, I heard your interview about such and such." And that's like rather than me like approaching strangers, like that sounds really intimidating. Um, so that's always helpful when somebody else kind of breaks the ice and they feel like they know you at least a little bit, um, even if you've never heard from them. So that's been helpful to you know, and so the mastermind group that I'm a part of today, or we're all kind of sourced from. Uh, guests of the show. It's like, well, you know, you guys are all kind of working um, on really different projects, but you're maybe at a similar stage in your business. And so we were able to kind of band together in that most recent one. I think we're a couple of years deep into that uh, group at this point. But in the Side Hustle Nation community, which is like 43,000 people strong on Facebook right now, I see posts all the time like, hey, I'm looking for an accountability partner. I am looking for looking to join a new mastermind group or start a new mastermind group here's what i bring to the table um if you or if you know anyone or you fit the bill yourself like let's set up a kind of a chat there and so i see kind of connections happening in there which is really cool to see because all of a sudden it's not one to many like broadcasting out in the form of blog podcast email youtube uh, tiktok whatever it is it's like right. many to many it's like the the audience can engage with each other and they already have mm -hmm. something in common. And, and that's this desire for uh, entrepreneurship. Kind of a crowd, if you will, a crowdsourcing sort of a thing. We at least have some interconnected, interconnectability. I'm not even saying a good word here, but your interconnectedness in your, in your group there, because I'm, I'm just a big believer, Nick, that one of the things that help people get through adverse life events, like either losing a job or economy tanks or COVID or whatever is taking some action, you know, doing something about it. And, and there's another thing there is developing uh, relationships, which will help you get through that. And then learning how to manage the unhelpful relationships, you know, because they are out there as well and to seek out those helpful relationships to team together. Cause man, it's, it's hard enough to do anything on your own, but uh, to do this uh, together makes a, it makes it, a doable thing kind of got over a about recently of some like overwhelm because we were we were moving and like emails were just getting piled up and so it was it was like a stress test for the business mm -hmm. in a lot of ways like you got to see what systems were working and and that was cool but like i don't know if if you're the same way but i tend to focus on the negative like everything that that is broken <laughs> and everything that's piling up yeah and so it's like oh that didn't go so well and it just it felt like I just, I just, need, I just need some time. I just need some like, you know, deep work time to start like knocking off this list. And I'm, I'm like the list maker person. It's like, okay, <laughs> I can break this down. Smallest actionable steps. Like even the act of just writing that down, like gets it out of my head. Like it, it kind of clears up some bandwidth in a way. And it's like, it's a matter of, you know, carving out the time to do that. But even if you can cross like one or two things off that maybe they're not big things, but like it's closing those, those loops. Like I've found recently, like these, these open loops, like, oh, the dishwasher is broken or, uh, some, you know, this, you know, affiliate program that I'm a part of, like just went on pause or something like all of those little open loops, they really like eat at me. And so the more of those that I can, uh, keep closed or, or have a closure in sight, 
I found that uh, helps me out. Well, I think it's interesting that you say that because I think one of the impacts of the last couple of years with COVID and so on is that that for many people, it opened up some loops that they found a hard time closing, including economically, but health related and interpersonal relationships and so on and so forth. In my particular case, you know, we I just retired, but at the same time I retired, we downsized to a smaller home. And then my two, two of my adult sons had to move back in with us because of COVID related circumstances. And so life was an upheaval. And so there was a lot of open ends that you need to close. So just the last few, what I mentioned to you about a son moved out to Oregon and there was one loop closed and so on and so forth. That, that helps a lot to have some closure so you can move on to other things. And I, you know, I'm a big believer in the tools that you can use and the processes and the habits. So journaling is one that I use, you know, to help kind of make those lists. And sometimes I journal kind of a stream of consciousness things. And other times it's kind of an ABCD list you know these are the things i want to get get accomplished and and to get that 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 done i think that helps you know it's a mind game a little bit here too so that's awesome yeah well let me ask you kind of along this same basic line because there's a dynamic that i'm could become familiar with here in our world uh, recently and i think what you're involved with with side hustle nation and what you teach and advocate can speak to it in a kind of maybe even a uh, really defined way. You probably heard this phrase that's been used recently called the great, the great resignation. You're familiar with that probably yes. where people, folks have left the corporate gig world and gone on to, you know, had eat some, my, yeah. for instance, my wife uh, works in a, works in a law office where she has been working remotely for since March of 2020. And we're speaking October of 21. However, she's supposed to go back to the office next month and she didn't want to go. And I don't blame her because yeah. everything seems to be worked okay in a uh, environment of uh, work at home environment for a lot of folks. But a lot of folks don't want to go back at all because they found other things that value, you know, they valued family time or they valued health or they valued something else that went kind of above and beyond kind of a focus on something greater than themselves. Many people, some people have downsized their lifestyle and things like this. The great resignation is, you know, not going back to whatever their their work life was. However, if you're going to do that, you still got to support yourself. You still got to figure figure out some things. What your I just would be interested in kind of your take on this phenomenon we have had of people for their values and for other reasons, just not even wanting to do or not wanting to do kind of the expected thing in the corporate world or whatever, but needing to find some new track. Do you have any thoughts on that and how what what you're working on can help speak to the practical issues someone is still need to make a living who wants to transition out of the former lifestyle? I think you are spot on. If you are going to be a part of the great resignation, I would feel a lot better about that if you had a backup plan. If you had some sort of yes. income that was, you know, maybe at least covering your monthly expenses, then maybe it doesn't replace your full you know, former day job salary. That's fine. But at mm -hmm. least you don't want to be, uh, you know, dipping into savings. You don't want to necessarily be uh, taking on more debt as a result of that. I think, you know, maybe that's the silver lining of the pandemic is like, oh, life, life might be a lot shorter than we think it is. So mm -hmm. what are we really doing here? Like, I think those yeah. are great uh, conversations to have, but there's maybe you heard the, the quote of like, I think it's Reed Hoffman from uh, LinkedIn. Uh, oh, oh, an yes. entrepreneur is somebody who uh, jumps off the, jumps off the cliff or jumps out of the airplane and then like figures out uh, how to build their parachute on the way down. Yeah. It's like, yeah, that sounds terrifying. That sounds like so stressful <laughs> for me. So it's like, okay, start something small, start something on the side. Like I'm all for like 
the great resignation, like with a, with a backup plan, with like some means, uh, to support yourself. Um, so it's like, I, I don't know, don't, don't be the person who's like, oh, I had, I had three months to, you know, get something up and running. And, and maybe that constraint breeds a lot of creativity. Maybe that deadline makes you figure out something quickly, or it's like, are you just now dusting off the resume three months from now? Like, well, I tried, but now, yeah. I'm, now I'm, I've got to go get another job because I didn't understand the, the budgetary uh, just realities of, of making a leap like that. Yeah, the mortgage payments seem to roll around and car payments and what have you seem to roll around on a regular basis, regardless whether you're employed or not. And, and you, what I'm hearing you say is have a bit of a plan, uh, have a bit of a, a strategy, as it were, on this. And so uh, let's talk about that a little bit here. What are some of the things people can do if they do want to make this shift? If they, What are some of the practices, some of the habits, some of the the new ways of approaching things that people can do if they really want to shift uh, Nick from whatever they were doing, whether that maybe they lost their job or something like that, or maybe they just want to do this. If they want to shift towards a side hustle type lifestyle, what are some of the things that they can do? You bet. So the three most prevalent or most common ways to escape the the rat race um, would be, you know, traditional investments. This is the, this is the fire movement, uh, financial independence, retire early, amass a nest egg of 25 times your annual expenses and your uh, statistically like set for life at a 4% withdrawal rate. And I like, I'd probably be a little more conservative than that, given, you know, we're at the potentially the tail end of a decade plus long uh, bull run in the market. But um, that's like one of the common ways. And this is like traditional retirement for folks too. like, oh, yes. work for 30 years, save up this big chunk of money. And that's going to, uh, I'm gonna just going to slowly draw that down um, in retirement. Um, path number two is, you know, rental real estate. Um, I'm going to buy cash flowing rental properties. And, you know, I'm going to uh, you know, the cash flow maybe in the near term can pay my expenses and I'm building long-term wealth as the mortgages get paid off there. And maybe that's my retirement strategy. And then the third way, and maybe the fastest way in a lot of cases, but also fraught maybe with the most risk is this entrepreneurial path. Like, okay, can I build a business? Can I build my own income streams to cover my expenses? And under that umbrella, there's three main models, that being selling a product, selling a service, or selling what I call an audience or a content-based business, which is kind of the space that you and I are playing in with podcasts. This is, um, you know, the website building, YouTube audience, TikTok, Instagram, like whatever content channel that you choose. But once you go down that path, you've got some flexibility because you could sell your own products and services, but you can also monetize with advertising, with affiliate relationships. It's um, ultimately maybe the most uh, time leveraged, but also also most often like a lot of, a lot of ramp up time, right? Like it was probably three years before I got my first like podcast sponsorship on an official basis. And it was like, right. even then it probably wouldn't have been enough to like fully cover the bills. So it's like, there's this labor of love in this you know, early marketing stages, trying to get that flywheel spinning. But the other two, you could start really right away on the service side. It's like, you know, sticking your flag in the sand and saying, I have these skills. I got to go find somebody who uh, is faced with a problem that these skills solve and you're, you're in business. That would come in the, uh, how that would manifest itself would be in things like coaching or perhaps uh, online courses, this type of thing. Is that one track at least for what you could do that with? Yeah, hey, I'm thinking coaching, consulting, freelancing, even local services, like, okay. you know, 
home cleaning, gutter cleaning, oh. window washing, lawn yeah. mowing, pooper scooper uh, type of stuff. We have people on the show doing mobile car detailing. Um, there's a lot of there's a lot of room to play in there. And one maybe exciting space is especially in the home services. Like more and more homeowners are just outsourcing this stuff. They're like, look, life is short. Time is scarce. Um, and my time is just better spent elsewhere. Like, I don't want to be cutting the grass on the weekends. Like I want right. to be spending Saturdays with the family. And so you see, I, somebody shared this statistic was like, you know, 20 years ago, only one homeowner in 20 was uh, outsourcing like their lawn mowing. And today it was something like 30 or 40%. And so the right. pie just keeps getting bigger. So the home services industry is an interesting one to play in, especially because there's no, uh, for a lot of these different service niches. There's no like dominant regional or national player. And so that's, you know, whenever something is that fragmented, there's opportunity to come in, carve out some market share, and even not necessarily have to be the skilled service provider yourself. Like you could find a qualified professional to go do the work and just try and play better marketer, better administrator, better manager. Um, and we've seen some people doing that to great success. So it's like, oh yeah, I pay my independent contractors 60% of the fee and I take 40 for facilitating the play, play matchmaker in a lot of ways. So um, that's kind yeah. of what I had in mind in the, on the service. Uh, so be really, side. really uh, localized as it were, as one process to lawn, the home services industry could be really localized. Also, it could kind of play upon strategically upon what you mentioned earlier. There are those folks who have done well, the FIRE program, you know, the f approach where they have, you know, those retirees and so on, who have set themselves up relatively well, who they, they may be able then to be the ones who can, you know, pay for those local services who maybe not have done that before. And it all kind of inter interrelates there. So, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I so love what? this stuff like, the, you know, pressure washing or, you know, all that stuff, but it, it can be done online too. Like I think this week's episode is on a, a pair of guys who, you know, found some qualified workers to produce their own podcast. And so they're like, well, shoot, you know, now we found these people, we could, you know, they have excess capacity. Maybe we could sell this service to other podcasters. And so they're like, yeah, we'll do your show notes for you. We'll do your editing for you. And so there's an online example of service business where it doesn't rely on their technical expertise to be the, uh, to be the bricklayer in a way. So thinking mm -hmm. of, um, you know, I want to, I want to own the bricklaying company rather than being the guy yeah. laying the bricks. So I want to be the owner of the dog walking company rather than walking dogs. A little sure. bit of a, a subtle shift there. Yeah, I heard about somebody recently who did super well as a babysitting service at, I think it was at kind of luxury hotels when people would come into the community from out of town for conventions or whatever, whatnot. And they would offer babysitting to people who, you know, came in from out of town. And all of a sudden that burgeoned them oh, nice. in several cities. They're in several cities. And uh, not only the city they were, I think Phoenix or someplace, they were at some sort of a, you know, resort area. Now they have franchises as it were and other resort cities for babysitting. So there you go. And they managed that. So that sounded cool to me. I want to take us just one little kind of sidetrack here, similar to what we're talking about, but it kind of goes into the world I live and play in a little bit. Uh, a lot of folks who are commonly, who are regular listeners to the Beyond Diversity know that I'm retired a pastor and still involved with this world. And also found myself talking to a lot of clergy types and other folks who have looked to go to what in my world I live in, sometimes called bivocational pastors, which is where they have a calling, as it were, to be in ministry or missions or something like that. But they want to, but 
that is a tough thing to do full time, you know, uh, some cases. And they want to find some way to, uh, you know, finance what their calling is by what they, you know, where they can just make some money doing something like this, just do whatever the side hustle businesses are. So what's your thoughts about uh, how someone can, you know, fund a greater cause, a greater cause? Maybe it's not even their, maybe it's a, uh, you know, a, a charity or something like this by doing some of the approaches we're talking about here. Kind of they got the mindset of a cause greater than themselves that motivates them and uh, to do this. Just give me any thoughts that you may have about how a cause greater than self can motivate us to do some of the things you're talking about here. Yeah, I think that's a uh, an awesome scenario to have that cause. I mean, you kind of need the silent partner or the financial partner in a way, and maybe it is some one of these local service operations. A friend of mine was building an architecture website, how I passed the architecture registry exam or registration exam or something. He had mm-hmm. years and years of content about this, but during the time where it was ramping up and now he does affiliates, he's got his own products, he does sponsored posts, he does like public speaking, like business is doing just fine now. But in the early days, it was just like buy low, sell high, like flipping products from Target from Walmart, like Amazon FBA is fulfillment by Amazon, you know, ship stuff into their warehouse where you can find a good deal and, you know, eke out a little bit of a profit on. And so maybe it's a business that you're not necessarily undyingly passionate for, but it funds the other thing, or it allows you to invest your time, energy resources in, in this other thing. So I think you're, I think you're spot on on that. Yeah, do you think there is any connection at all to having some sort of a thing, uh, a, a vision, as it were, of something greater than yourself that can then motivate you to do whatever it takes, to do whatever it takes to get it done here? Do you think there's any connection there? Hey, yeah, I think you're right, because you, if you don't have this driving why, you know, what, what's the point of all of this? Like, if you don't have mm-hmm. that, then it's much easier to quit when the going gets tough and the, and the tough, sure. <laughs> the going always gets tough. Like this, right. nobody was bored knowing how to do this stuff. And so it's really challenging. Right. And it's this, you know, this driving motivation, like, well, I want to have more time with my kids or I want to devote this time to the ministry, or I want to be able to take my family on a vacation or, you know, whatever that is, is like, it's gotta be strong enough. Cause it's like, well, life's, life's okay. Um, I don't, I don't hate my job. It's, eh, you know, yeah. um, I don't know if that's going to get you. I don't know if that's going to get you up in the morning to. Uh, yeah, to work it kind of goes to the thing we're talking to me earlier about the about the uh, uh, resignation uh, thinking. People recently are just saying, "Okay, I get it now." You know, my life has been threatened by this COVID thing or whatever. I get it that I got to get on with my life and enjoy this, which brings me around kind of the last track I want to go with you on here, Nick, and that's this. I'm really interested in a story of someone you've worked with or witnessed or in your coaching or your mastermind or even just a story that you've worked with where you've seen a profound life change happen because of something that someone did following your teaching or your leadership or something along this line. And it just kind of you kind of just gave you just that warm feeling like, okay. This is very, uh, this is a good thing. A good thing's happening here, and I've been a part of it. So I'm just really interested in hearing a story of a success story of someone you've worked with or know about who's changed their life around from a place of being stuck to a place, I'd like to call it the place of peace, prosperity, and purpose. Yeah, that's probably the most rewarding 
thing about getting to do the show is some of the feedback and testimonials uh, that you get back. One that that stands out, and it wasn't even anything specific, but the guy was just like, you know, listening to your show, I think saved my life. And it was just, mm. you've, you've given me the hope you and your guests have shown that this is possible. I don't know what my idea is going to be yet, but you've shown that it is possible and it's achievable for real people, like for regular people. Um, and I get that feedback a lot. Like, you know, thanks, so, thanks for not like targeting celebrity guests and like best-selling authors and people who are kind of just on the speaking circuit who've got their talking points down. It's right. like, oh, what are people who are kind of like in the trenches with us? They're a little more relatable. Um, but it's a ton of fun to run into people at events and conferences like, oh, I'm, and it makes me feel old in a way because like you've been doing it for like eight <laughs> and a half years. Like, oh, I listened to your yeah. episode in 2016 about um, voiceover acting. And then that like just last month, I surpassed my day job income from my voice work. It's like, that's awesome. Or I started tell, I started selling uh, print on demand t-shirts after listening to your episode about that. And we, we made a thousand dollars last month. Like, like, oh, I, you know, that kind of stuff is, is kind of just nuts. And one of the surprising ones is like the mobile loan signing notary service, which I almost, <laughs> I almost didn't air this because like, this sounds wow. so niche. This sounds like so niche. Like who's going to be interested in this? You're going to watch other people sign mortgage documents. Like, I don't know. Um, but that's one yeah. that I hear a surprising amount of feedback on, uh, with some <laughs> people making five, six, $10,000 a month doing this, especially during the height of the refinancing boom last year, people who, who wanted the work, we're doing really well with it. Wow. I might have to keep that in mind. My wife is a notary, but she hasn't used that skill for years. We might have to talk about that one. So there, there, there you go. Well, that that's awesome. Well, Nick, uh, how can, if folks want to learn more about you and side hustle nation and what you're all about, any coaching, or I know you've got Ted talks and all kinds of things you've got out there. How can people learn more about you or get connected to you? You bet. Of course, we'd love to have you tune into the side hustle show in your favorite podcast app. There's 450 something episodes to choose from. So I put together a greatest hits, uh, playlist, uh, in Spotify for you. If, uh, if you want to uh, figure out, well, where, where do I start? Um, but new part-time business ideas every week, plus the marketing tactics that, that drive those. Um, if you're you know looking for a side hustle idea, you want to see what is out there. Of course, the show is a good place to start, but also sidehustlenation.com slash ideas. Actually just hit uh, update on that this month, uh, which is my updated uh, just laundry list. Hopefully gets the creative juices flowing of things uh, that are out there that other people have, have done and seen work. That's awesome. Well, his name is Nick Loper, and he blogs at SideHustleNation.com and has the Side Hustle Nation podcast, several other things available to you here. It's been a pleasure to have you as uh, our guest today here on the Beyond Adversity podcast. Lots of practical tips there from Nick Loper about uh, his life and about the things that happened to him and about how he can offer some great things into your life in the area of overcoming the adversity of their finances, especially in this time of what we, many people are calling the great resignation. You learned today a few things, learned about how to make some extra money to pay off debt, learning new skills, how to use our free time, more productivity, and this whole deal, and it's kind of the emotional piece, is how to escape the rat race. But here's what I wanted you to hear here uh, today, friends, that there is something that you can do. First of all, 
it's okay to start a side hustle. He gave us permission. I give you permission. Whatever you're doing, start a side hustle. You can do it because your values and what you value are real and you can do this. And if you're dealing with this, the, uh, the emotions of the great resignation, do something about it. But the importance is to have a plan, have a backup plan. But there's no better time than right now to start a side hustle. The COVID crisis woke a lot of people up to what they really value. And you can always go here to SideHustleNation.com as his website for some great ideas. There's some great ideas and some processes there. You can go right there and right on his website are 70 ways, legitimate ways to make money right now that you can apply to your life. Application and things that are useful now is what Nick Loper is all about. And I commend his site to you and his podcast, Side Hustle Nation, the podcast. You're at the Beyond Adversity podcast. We're all about being helpful to you to help you to grow through what you go through, to help you to navigate adverse life conditions, depression, divorce, disease, debt, and death. We call those the five D's and help you to find a pathway through it. We have over 170 episodes now of our podcast, which we, where we talk to experts in many of these different areas that will help you to navigate adversity and to what we like to say, to grow through what you go through and to come to your life in a peace, prosperity, and purpose. I'm here to help you with that, and our guests are as well, and we speak into your life here at drbradmiller.com. If you like what you hear, uh, please tell others about it and uh, follow us and subscribe to the podcast. That always helps and we appreciate you doing just that. We're here every week for you and we're here to speak into your life to help you to navigate adversity and come to a life of peace, prosperity, and purpose. My name is Dr. Brad Miller. It's a pleasure to be with you. Until next time, friends, please continue to do all the good that you can. Thank you for listening to the Beyond Adversity podcast with Dr. Brad Miller. You can find a complete archive of all episodes at drbradmiller.com. That's drbradmiller.com. Or subscribe for free through Apple Podcasts and never miss an episode. Each week, we bring you a message to crush adversity and live your life of peace, prosperity, and purpose. Music.